Selenials podcast. Today on Selenials, we're going to be talking about body positivity. So this discussion is going to include our conversation on our experiences with media, marketing, and societal expectations around bodies. Um, we're not experts in this subject, and what we say are kind of our own personal thoughts and feelings that come from our ex- experiences and what we say kind of only speaks to ourselves and everyone has their own experience with this. And something to keep in mind is if you're interested in the body positivity movement, we highly recommend that you do a little bit of your own research. Like we said, we're primarily going to be talking about our experiences and keep in mind your experiences might be very different from ours. So Leon, what has your personal experience been like with body positivity? I think that being aware of, you know, body's shape and size. It probably started when it starts for a lot of teenage preteen girls cuz I feel like it was somewhere around middle school. And I think it didn't necessarily start with like weight. I think it started with like what clothes am I wearing? Like am I wearing the clothes from the right place? And then I think I was never super focused on it. Um I've always had the mindset of like oh as long as my clothes fit, like, I'm fine. Like, I don't really care what the scale says. It's more as, like, do my clothes still fit? But then, you know, obviously, like, when you're, like, 15, 16, you're going to be a different size than you are now. So it's, like, I don't know, kind of accepting that and being, like, oh, wait, like, your body changes, your metabolism changes. You're not going to be your teenage size forever. How about you? I think that I'd have to agree with that. One good point that I think you brought up is that you're not going to be the same size forever. And one of the things that I remember like my mom and I talking about is throughout your life, you're going to carry weight in a different way. So like, for example, when you're a teenager, you may be more like straight sized. And then when you're older, you may be a little bit curvier and that's totally fine. It's normal. And I think that that's something that people need to realize when they're thinking about how they feel about themselves and how they feel about their body changing is, you know, your body is not meant to be one way for your whole entire life. It's okay for it to vary. But I think, like you were saying, I think a lot of that recognition of my body changing started to happen in middle school. Unlike your experience, though, I think that I was extremely aware of changes in size and changes in weight. And I think that it was really, really difficult for me growing up. Um, There were a lot of times when I really felt not very confident. And I think that the media that we had back then especially was a little bit more damaging. And that's something that I have to say about the media today. I feel like we still have those aspects of things that might make you feel bad about your body. But I think that the body positivity movement has really become more widespread. And I think that it's really great for helping people accept their body as it is and loving their body as is. I think that maybe at the time it could have affected me more than I remember now, but I don't remember like hyper-focusing on anything. I know I remember, or I think I remember, you know, realizing that I wasn't like overweight, but I do remember thinking it was like, if I was bigger than some of my friends, it's like, oh, like real noticing that. But then it's also like, I think balancing that with 
people really do have different like kind of baselines in terms of like you know what you're where you're naturally going to fall and I think it's I don't know I think it's complicated to remember that far back because I think maybe like part of it just gets suppressed once you like get older Something that I think is interesting is I feel like back then I was more focused on that, but I feel like as I've gotten older, I've become a little bit more confident and comfortable in my body. I do remember things like when I was in about eighth grade, my mom was really pushing me to join a sport because she felt like I was maybe gaining too much weight. And then I remember there was another instance where like I was at art lessons and somebody made a comment about how I was fat and like, there have just been instances that like personally really affected me like that. And I think that that's something that is hard to move past. And I'm like, I was never a really big kid. So I can't even imagine what it would be like for other people. But I know that that's something that's really hard for people to deal with, especially when you're growing up and your body's changing. Because you are going to gain weight as you go through puberty because you're getting taller. So there are things like that that you want to keep in mind where you are going to be changing and that's okay. I think the main point is just if you're focusing on your body, just focus on being healthy and having a good relationship with your body. That's what I've been trying to do is kind of more think more about what I'm doing for my body in terms of food and exercise and stuff like that. So it's like I definitely could exercise more and as I said on an early episode, that is one of my New Year's resolutions. But I think what I've been focusing on more recently is less like how much I weigh, but it's like I want to see muscle tone and I want to be able to like, you know, have a certain level of cardio fitness. If that means I'm a bigger size or and way more on the scale, but it's like I have more muscle and I have more stamina, then I'm okay with that. And I think, you know, it could take a while to get to that mindset. But I think, I think it's more than a scale, like you have to think of your whole lifestyle. And also, it's like, I think people of all different weights can be unhealthy. If you look at, I don't know, your blood levels and like cholesterol and stuff like that, like just because someone's skinnier doesn't mean they're healthy. And just because someone's like, overweight doesn't mean they don't exercise. So I have to agree with what you were saying about the lifestyle choices. I think that that's a huge part of being positive about yourself and your journey with your body is just trying to make sure that you're doing little things that make you feel good. For example, one thing that I love to do when I get home from work is I get home from work and then I'll work for maybe like an hour more and then I'll go on like an hour walk. And it's one of the highlights of my day because I get to still go outside while the sun is shining and it just makes me feel really good. And it also makes me feel really good, especially now because I know at my job, pre-pandemic, one of the reasons that I really liked it is that I would always be walking around and circulating the room because I'm somebody who, I think I've said this in previous episodes, I don't really like to stay still. So because of that, I love that I could circulate. But with teaching kids in a hybrid method right now, it's pretty much like I'm confined to behind my desk and I'm not really supposed to meander the room, if you will. And so having something like going on a walk after school has really been something that has made me feel really good and made me feel really positive about my relationship with my body because I feel like I'm being a little bit more active then and still getting in some of that walking that I crave during the day. That reminds me on two points is I think I noticed that too when I transitioned from school to working 
where even in college, it's like you at the very least got to get up between classes and walk to a different classroom or a different building or stuff like that. And I noticed when I first started working, it's like I sat on my, at my desk for what, eight hours. And then I went home and I was tired and then I would sit on the couch or something like that. And then I think the second point is like you're saying is like how you would get home from work and go for a walk. I think that with being active and stuff like that, I think it's important not to set the bar too high. Like you don't have to do like a 40 minute, like super intense, like hit workout. It's like, if you're tired that day and like you still want to be active or something, like do something low key, like go for a walk or do yoga. Because I know sometimes when, you know, I'd say, oh, I want to work out this many times a week, but then it's like life happens, you feel a little tired or something. It's like I know on the days that I've done yoga or something, it's like even if I don't sweat a lot, it's like I know that I still moved and then that makes me feel better. Yeah. And I think part of that too is finding something that you enjoy, which I feel like we maybe have mentioned before. I think we might've mentioned it during our New Year's episode, but a big part of that is just finding something that you enjoy. So whether that's walking in nature or like you said, doing yoga, or let's say you're not really into that, but you love dancing, turn on some music and just dance around your apartment. It's a really fun time. Personally, my favorite time to do that is when nobody's home so nobody can judge me, but (laughs) it's one of my favorite things to do. You know, I love throwing on some music and just dancing around my apartment. And so just finding ways like that to make you feel good about moving your body, I think is something that's really important. And like you said, I think you don't necessarily need to have a set goal all the time. Like it's nice to set a goal, but don't beat yourself up too much about it if you don't reach that goal. Because everybody's journey is going to look a little bit different. Some people, it'll take longer. Some people will get it quicker. And, you know, it's all about just making a conscious effort to be better. And it takes time. Some days, some days it'll be really easy and some days it'll be really difficult. And that's okay. When you mentioned dancing in your apartment or whatever when no one's home, is I think that's a good point to bring up because I know... I kind of got freaked out about the idea of going to a gym because it's like I wasn't in the best shape. And it's like there's some people in the gym that like, you know, they've been going for a while. And it's like, yeah, you shouldn't worry about that. Like you should just go and do your thing. But it's like it's easier to say that to someone than to not think it yourself. So I think that's a good point where you can do a lot of stuff at home. Like I know there's a lot of great resources online like on youtube for free or you know if you want to spend the money there's ones that you subscribe to and so it's like then you can do that without worrying about people watching or you could do it as like oh like i just want to get a little more fit before i go to a gym just because it's like it will make you feel more confident i don't think there's anything wrong with that and doing it in steps definitely And, you know, I think that one part of, like, going to a gym is also, like, sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating. Like, especially if you're like, I want to try out using this equipment and I think I know how to use it, but I'm not positive. That can be a really intimidating thing because you feel like everybody's watching you. When in reality, like, nobody's really watching you. Okay, maybe, like, one or two people. But, like, most people are not going to be watching you. They're just vibing, doing their own thing. And so uh, I think that it's... It can sometimes be, like you were saying, a little bit hard to want to go and do stuff like that in the gym. If you're somebody out there who enjoys HIIT workouts, one channel that I highly recommend for HIIT workouts is Christine Salas on YouTube. She has a lot of free workouts. 
Some of them use weights, some of them are just body weight only, and some of them are like silent workouts for if you live in an apartment, but she has a ton of really great workouts. I love her workouts. So if you're looking for a good way to move at home, that could be a good resource for you. I personally enjoy home workouts better just because there's aren't other people around. Also, like you're saying, I get super intimidated by the equipment. And I think, you know, going back to other references we've made on previous episodes, I'm very introverted. So I'm not the type of person that would go up to a staff member or something and ask how to use it. Like I would either stare at the little diagrams on the machine that aren't very helpful or like, so that's why I usually just wouldn't use it. Like I can use a treadmill and elliptical, but any of the weight machines I would just like not do. And then I think I used to think that you had to use those to get a good workout or to be fit. But then, you know, more YouTube workouts and stuff that I've been doing. A lot of times your body weight's enough or even just like a couple of simple dumbbells and you can get a really good workout. And I think also one thing that is like a big myth that is marketed towards women a lot is the idea that you can't lift heavy weights. As a woman, if you're worried about appearing too bulky, which in and of itself, honestly, if you look bulky, like nobody cares, like it's totally fine. It honestly just shows that you are healthy if you've got a lot of muscle, but One of the things to notice is most women will not get really bulky muscles from lifting heavy weights. And that's just due to genetics. So if you're somebody who's worried about that, don't be worried about it. All it'll do is it'll really just make you look toned for the most part. So I would say don't worry about that too much. Like you're not going to look like those pictures of bodybuilders just because you lifted some weights. Like I feel like sometimes like, like you were saying, especially women will be like, oh, if I, you know, start looking weights, I'm going to look like one of those bodybuilders, which like real impressive that you can get that muscle, but that's not going to happen if you're just doing like a generic, like regular average person workout. Also going back to the thing about how you said that at the gym, you are too intimidated to go up to somebody and ask them for help on equipment. I actually unintentionally made a gym friend once. Leon, should I should I use his real name or give him a fake name? What do you think? Give him a fake name. All right. So I had this gym buddy. Let's call him Jim. J-I-M, not G-Y-M. What happened was one day I was just working out and Jim comes up to me and he's like, I don't know, probably in his 40s or 50s. Like he's an older guy and he was like, oh my gosh, like, are you a personal trainer here? And I was like, no, I was like, that's real funny. Thank you. I'm very flattered. And he was like, oh, I come here all the time here. Let me show you how to use all this equipment. Like blah, 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 blah. Literally took me around the whole gym, did a whole workout with me and was like, yeah, just like making connections and like meeting people here. He's like, I know like everybody here. And come to find out that's actually what he did. He literally like knew everybody there and would just be super friendly with people there. And so it was always so funny because I knew whenever I saw him, if I had a question about how to use an equipment, I'd be like, hey, Jim, like, how do I use this? And he would be like, oh, here, I got you. I got you. And he would just show me. And so if you're somebody who's extroverted at the gym and you want to make a gym friend, feel free to do so. Just just do so cautiously, like, because I think that maybe... To me, it came on a little strong. I was like, oh my gosh, this person who I don't know is talking to me. But in the end, I mean, it was great. It was really nice to have somebody who I knew at the gym. But yeah, 
would highly recommend finding a gym buddy because I knew nothing. <laughs> That's great. Do you want to talk about a little bit of the pressures that we felt growing up and now from the media with regards to, you know, that kind of quote ideal body that is being messaged to people that it's like, I think like personally, it's like not many people have. I think growing up, there was always this extreme pressure to be thin And I think you saw it in products that were marketed towards you. I think you saw it in media in general, in fashion trends. There was always this extreme pressure to be thin. Like, for example, you had shows like America's Next Top Model, where they would literally weigh you on the show. And if you were over 120 pounds, they'd be like, ooh, that's pretty high. Even if you were like 5'8 or 5'9, which you look at that and like, that's that's pretty thin. And so I think having media like that, that I saw at such a young age, I feel like it was really damaging to my personal body image. I felt like that was a standard that I always had to work to attain. I think I noticed this more in high school, where it's like, I never really thought I was like overweight, but I always had like that thought of like, I could lose a pound or two. And I think a lot of it came from when you would go shopping, like part of the problem was that all the models on, you know, cause they would have those giant posters of them. And I think all the models looked the same. Cause it's like, I think it's fine to have some models that look like that. Cause there are some people in real life that look like that. But I think when that's all you see, it can kind of distort your image where like, even if you're not overweight, you can kind of start to think that you are because all the people that are in the images selling the clothing don't look like you. And I feel it's like that can be kind of damaging. And it's like, I, I really wasn't overweight. And so it's like, I feel I can only say what I think this would be like, because it's not me, but I feel like if I was overweight, I feel like it could even be more damaging to have just constantly be surrounded by those images. And it's like, especially at that age, I think you can't really see the bigger picture. You know, you can't really think, oh, it's more about fitness and health. Like, it's kind of like, I think we talked about this before, where, like, we'd go to Hollister and, like, this is another problem I have with women's clothing, how it's a different size at every store. Because, like, I think I was, like, a two or something in American Eagle jeans and, like, I'd pick up the same, quote, size at Hollister and, like, I couldn't fit my leg in it and then I'd feel really bad. Yeah, I feel like that was always a big issue growing up is you'd be one size here, but then you'd be a different size here. And so it was really hard because then, you know, when people would ask you, oh, what size you are, I feel like there was always that pressure to like, say the lower number because of those beauty standards that we saw everywhere. Another thing that I thought was also really part of kind of what happened with seeing this beauty standard everywhere is I think even the type of clothes played into it, honestly. Like, for example, low-rise jeans, if you have any semblance of a stomach, I feel like that would never be shown. In the media, it'd be like, nope, you have like a super flat stomach. And so I think that that was something that is really hard to deal with because, you know, as you're growing up, maybe you don't have a completely flat stomach. I saw something on social media the other day because I saw something about 
how supposedly, supposedly Gen Z is trying to uh, bring back some fashion from the 2000s, including low-rise jeans. Honestly, I haven't seen that many low-rise jeans, but we'll see. And so somebody put it really well on social media and they were like, it wasn't that you were modeling the jeans, it was that you were showing off your body. And so if you didn't have the quote-unquote right type of body, then essentially you were not considered fashionable. And so I think that that really hit the nail on the head and that it wasn't necessarily how the style was, it was how you looked in that style. I really hope that low-rise jeans do not come back because I remember middle school, early high school especially, it was low-rise jeans and I feel like they were just so impractical and like, you know, that was another thing with like, not necessarily like, I don't know if it relates necessarily to body positivity, but in terms of like fashion, you know, and being cool at that age, like there's that thing where you'd wear low rise jeans and then, you know, like sometimes like because they're so low, they'd ride down on like your underwear show and then people like make fun of you for that. When high rise jeans came in, it's more comfortable because I feel like you can move more easily in them and it actually like kind of makes me feel better because they fit well and I don't have to worry about them riding down or worry about like things like that. I would have to agree. You know, I remember my biggest fear when I had like low rise jeans. I was like, what if I have to like bend over to pick something up and you can see my butt crack? I was like, how embarrassing would that be? And so like that was, it was a big fear because like the shirts would not really like cover your butt. They'd like go until your jeans hit. And then like you'd have maybe like a little bit of skin that would show between your jeans and your top. And so like if you went to go pick something up, your jeans would move down a little bit. And so... Yeah, it was like, it was a real fear. So please, uh, if you're Gen Z out there listening to this podcast, do not bring back the low-rise jeans. Just trust us. Just don't do it. Learn from those who are older and wiser. We've been there. We've done that. It's not great. Definitely. But one thing that I do like that I've kind of seen people starting to bring back is looser fitting jeans and like looser pants. Oh my gosh, I love them. Like I have a pair of polka dotted pants that I wear sometimes when I teach and they're like extra stretchy, extra wide leg. And they're the most comfortable things ever. I feel like I'm practically wearing pajamas to work. I love it. I think I like those better if they're not jeans. I am not into that mom jean look or like straight leg look, which I think, cause I have a couple of, I have like one pair of straight leg pants that I have if I'm just doing like chores around the house or running to the grocery store, because sometimes your calves do not want to be suffocated by your skinny jeans. But I think I don't look as good. Um, I think because I'm on the shorter side, so if the legs are wider, like it's just not as flattering. I don't know. I feel like I've yet to find a good pair of mom jeans that fit me well. Because like, so the whole idea behind mom jeans, right, is that they're supposed to be a little bit wider in your calves and maybe a little bit wider in your thighs. But like, my thighs are a little bit curvier. Like I have a smaller waist and then like curvier legs and a curvier behind. And so if I find something that fits my waist, they don't fit my thighs. And so it's like such a struggle because I feel like styles like that don't work for me because it's like, if it fits my waist, then it'll be really tight on my thighs and then it won't look like how it's supposed to look. And so I think that that's also another thing that is kind of an issue with the fashion industry and body positivity is a lot of things are cut for 
women who look a certain way. And I think that it doesn't always take into account how women's bodies are really different. And so that's something that I kind of have an issue with is just finding things can be really difficult. Like I have one pair of jeans that I have found that fits me really well. Pretty much all the other ones don't fit me very well. And so I could go and I could try on 30 pairs of jeans and none of them will fit, which is why I wear skirts all the time is because I'm just like, this is too much work. Like, I don't want to deal with this. But that is something that I've noticed is just because of like body proportions, it's a little bit more difficult for me to find something that fits me right. I think that's something that can also contribute to negative feelings about your own body. Because like, I know, I feel like my problem's kind of the opposite where like I can get something like, you know, up over my thighs. But then when I try to button it, it won't button or like it'll be kind of tight. And then it's kind of like, I know, for example, like in quarantine, I put on a few pounds. And so I was like, you know what, just to get me through, like, I'm going to get one pair of jeans that are bigger just so they fit and like I'm comfortable in them. And I still have my other ones for like later. And so I got jeans that were like one size up from the ones I usually wear from the same brand and everything. And the problem is, is they fit in my waist and they were skinny jeans, but they looked like straight leg jeans in my legs. And so then you're just kind of like, I feel like it gets you frustrated because you're like, what size am I? And then it's like, you know, do I pick to fit my legs or do I pick to fit my waist? And then you start kind of like, I think sometimes you start to think, oh, like if I worked out a little more, like I could fit this size or something like that, because it's, I don't know, I think, I think buying clothes can be a very frustrating process for people. I agree. But if you're somebody out there who has trouble with finding something that fits your legs and your waist the way you want it to, honestly, my best tip to you is if you don't mind wearing skirts, go and invest in a bunch of skirts. Because honestly, for skirts, if they're like A-line, as long as they fit your waist, you're good to go. (laughs) And so I think that's really been something that's helped me on like my journey with making peace with my body is realizing, okay, you know, it's really difficult for me to find pants that fit me because my body proportions are not what's being marketed to. And so as a result, I found an alternative solution and I decided that I was just going to wear a bunch of skirts and it works for me. So it could be something that could help you out if you're somebody looking for something like that. That's a really good point. I think, like, I think it shouldn't be this way, but it kind of is where the clothes and stuff can affect how you feel about yourself. So I think the key is to find clothes that fit you, whether it's like the size of the clothes or the cut of the clothes. Cause I know like, I don't think I thought this way in like high school or something, but maybe I think starting in college, like I started thinking where it's like, I'd rather wear clothes in a size bigger that look good. Cause they fit me than try and stuff myself into something smaller. Just so I could say I was a smaller size because it's like the clothes that were smaller clearly didn't fit me. They weren't comfortable. And it's kind of like, I think we, which is hard to say, because I think sometimes I focus on it more than I should. But I think size shouldn't matter as much as like the cut and the fit. I think that like you're saying, focus on what fits you rather than the number. Because I think that focusing on that sort of numbers game can be really damaging to how you feel about yourself. And something else that's also kind of played into that over the years is I know that With the rise of social media and everything, we have definitely seen a lot of altering of photos. And I think a big thing to keep in mind is what you see on advertisements or online 
is not always reality. Like when we were growing up, I know that you would see things that were photoshopped and most people didn't always like most people didn't use Photoshop on their own personal pictures, but you would see it on like advertisements and things like that. So in terms of things that were being marketed to you, it surrounded you constantly. But I think that now something to be aware of is more people have access to filters and things like Facetune where you're able to change the appearance of your body, which can be a blessing and a curse. And so just to be aware that not everything you see is real is something that I think is a really big thing for people to understand. I think that's a really good point because I think when we were growing up, like right when we hit that preteen teen stage was right when Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that were getting started. So they weren't at like, they were, I think they were pretty big, but they weren't as big as they are now. And I think like you were saying is we did see stuff that was Photoshopped, but I think at least for me personally, the majority of that stuff was from magazines or, you know, on clothing websites. So it's like, it still can be damaging, but I think you can still be aware that it's an ad and kind of somewhere deep down, you're like, oh, like I know they Photoshop these. Whereas like, I think nowadays when it's like regular people that you know that start doing it, it's kind of like a little, it, it has a different effect, which I don't think anybody I know really does that. Um, probably cause like, at least me personally, like I don't use it that much. Like my Instagram's pretty much all pictures of my cat, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I think, I think it can definitely like, especially for the people who are younger now, it might hit differently if it's not just marketing, like it's now your friends. Yeah. Because I think then you've kind of got this idea of, well, people that I know look that beautiful. And so why don't I look like that? And I think that that can be a really damaging thought, especially to people who are younger, because the younger you are, the more impressionable you are. And so I think that just to realize that a lot of what you're seeing is not real and the way that you grow and the way that you mature is going to be different from how others do. I think that that's just a big thing to keep in mind is to just try to stay positive and surround yourself with people who make you feel positive about your body and about your journey with health. I think that's a good point. So related, I know you wrote something down about glow ups. I know, like, my friends and I have been watching a lot of Netflix, like, Netflix party movies and stuff, like, and a lot of times we'll watch rom-coms, because those are kind of fun to watch together, because you can make fun of them, but they really do have all those scenes where, like, girl with hair up, or girl with glasses, like, makeover montage, and, like, goodbye glasses, and then she has, like, flowing shiny hair, and I think that imagery of like the cool girl doesn't have glasses and then the not cool girl does or like with frizzy hair or not frizzy hair is like for me I don't my hair straight so I don't have that but like I think that could have contributed to the reason why I refuse to wear my glasses because at first you know when I first got them I didn't really need them that much but then in middle school it got to the point where I would need them to see the board but I refused to wear them to school because like I thought it was not cool or like it made me a nerd or something I don't quite remember and it's like I think that's one of those things where it's like those types of messaging is still happening now yeah and I think one of the things that I think is so damaging about that is because 
literally all the time. It would be curly hair to straight hair. I think that that's especially damaging because look at the populations who have curly hair. It really does start to perpetuate whitewashed beauty standards. And I think that that's extremely problematic when you have curly hair as the quote unquote ugly part of that transformation. And I think that that's something that's really not talked about enough. And I think that, you know, if you're somebody who has curly hair growing up, first off, I feel like everybody who I've talked to who had curly hair growing up has gone through some sort of struggle with it. So, you know, it's already difficult enough for us. But then to have that be like the pre-glow up, I'm like, oh, it hurts. (laughs) And so I think just being more cognizant of what you're doing as a sort of before and after is really important. And I think that also that whole idea of your personal worth hinging entirely on your looks is extremely toxic. Because for example, in movies where you have a girl that goes through a glow up, pretty much before she has that glow up, I feel like a lot of times she's kind of excluded from peer groups, so on and so forth. But afterwards, there seems to be this like, oh, you're pretty now? Oh, we'll accept you. And so there's kind of this idea of you have to look a certain way to be socially accepted. And I think that that's a really big problem. And that's why I really don't like things that kind of have that sort of glow up to it. I think it's definitely prevalent in those romantic comedies that come out where, oh, pretty glow up, curly hair, glasses, or like, I know a lot of times it's like, she'll always wear her hair up. And then once she has a glow up, it'll be down and flowing. And then it's like you were saying it's like before that maybe she didn't have that many friends or like she liked this guy but he wouldn't pay attention to her then she does the glow up ditches the glasses ditches the curly hair whatever and then all of a sudden she gets the guy and then it's just kind of like I think now like I'm old enough to like kind of make fun of it and be like I can kind of see how ridiculous it is that like oh haha she got a physical makeover and now he likes her but I think when you're younger it's like you may know that like deep down somewhere, but it, I think it could kind of affect you a little more. Definitely. And another trope that I see commonly in movies is where the bigger person is cast as a role where they're essentially like the comedic relief, which I think that is also really problematic. I know people like Rebel Wilson have really spoken out about this, where she was typically typecasted to play the quote, funny fat friend. And so I think that that's something that we see even now, like that's still an issue in Hollywood. And I think that people are trying more and more to combat that because people are becoming more aware of this. Like this is not something that people are trying to let slide. But I know like Rebel Wilson in particular was like, well, I'm going to lose weight so I can get the roles that I want. But the fact that she has to do that, I think is pretty messed up. I think that's another good point. Um, You know, I can't speak to her motivations because I don't actually know her. But I think in general for people is like, if you're going to make these healthy decisions or like work out more, eat better, meditate, whatever, you should do it for yourself, not because you feel like you have to do it to get a certain job or to like get someone to like you or to like make friends or something. But like, I feel like if someone likes you because you lost weight or like because you like straightened your hair or or something like that. It's like, is that the kind of person you really want to be around anyway? That's true. I think we are seeing a little bit more of a push 
for representations of people of different sizes, people of different ethnicities and media. And I think that that's a good thing. I think that that's something that I hope will continue. But I know that like in the past, a lot of what we've seen in Hollywood is a lot of what they attribute as the woman's worth is associated with her beauty. And I think that that's just such a toxic idea. Like, why would you promote that? Yeah, I think like you're saying is that it is changing, but it's changing slowly. So I think what's important is to have these conversations with people, whether it more publicly or even with just people in your life, because I think if you talk about it, it's better than just internalizing it. Definitely. I look at it too and I'm like, people are different and beautiful in all sorts of different ways. And so I think to recognize that people are beautiful the way that they are is something that's really important. And so I think that that's just something that we should all aim to do in our everyday lives is kind of appreciate those beautiful aspects of people physically and their personality. I think that you should just be sure to kind of give people compliments and just try to be a positive force in their life. Because I feel like there is negative media out there and you don't want to contribute to that noise. And also, if you see something that's wrong, be sure to call it out. If we don't talk about stuff like this, it won't change. And so I think that that's a big part of this. Just remember that each person has their own experiences with this and people of all body sizes kind of struggle with this and to try not to dismiss someone else's experience or perspective just because they weigh more or less than you or this or that. I feel like life's hard enough. And so to just kind of be patient with yourself and listen in support of, of other people. Our next book club episode is going to be dropping on May 3rd, and we're going to be reading How Much of These Hills Are Gold by C. Pam Jong. If you have any thoughts on this episode, feel free to contact us through our email or Instagram, and don't forget to review Zillennials Podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can find us at Zillennials Podcast on Instagram or email us at zillennialspodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to hit the subscribe button and stay a while. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.